welcome to the show. We've got another really nice topic today for you all with draft day fast approaching. It's nearly here, guys. We're only two days away. We're going to talk about teams that control the draft. So this is teams who will determine how this draft plays out. It can be because they have um, high value picks. It can be because they have multiple picks. It could be because they have the first domino in a chain. So there's certain teams. There's about four teams, I think, that really control the draft. We're going to talk about Miami here. That's going to be the main focus. I am going to mention the other teams, but the main focus today is going to be Miami because I think they really do just control the entire draft. So for those that don't know, Miami have three first-round picks, at 5, 18, and 26. So high, a high pick and picks spread throughout the draft nicely throughout that first round. They have two seconds, 39 and 56. So again, a high second and a reasonably low second. So they can move up, move down. They can do whatever they like with these picks. They completely control the draft and control the narrative going into the draft. So they have a lot of needs. So it's good they have lots of picks. But that doesn't mean they won't package some of them for certain players. Lots of rumours about callbacks because obviously at the moment they've only got Ryan Fitzpatrick. Good journeyman good person to sit um play for a year or someone sit but not someone you're going to mortgage your future around so people have got them taking Tua or taking maybe herbert love and hurts maybe later in the round early second again this is the great thing about being miami picks everywhere so i'm going to run through a little bit what i think they might do and what they might be thinking and kind of what i would do if i was miami so i'm going to run through a few different trade scenarios i'm going to run through a few different picks with you and then at the end i'm going to talk a little bit as i said about detroit jacksonville and las vegas because they are also teams who have significant control over this draft okay so first pick miami has is at number five so could they move up they could but I think it's unlikely because if you look at the teams around them, I don't think there's a need for them to move. At this point, unless the Miami Dolphins see it very differently, Tua and Herbert seem to be pretty neck and neck. I think Tua would be ahead if he was healthy. We don't know he's healthy, so they're kind of neck and neck. And if you look at those first few picks before them at five, Joe Burrow goes number one. Chase Young, unless there's a massive shot, goes two. Then you have picks three and four. But there is no way that two quarterbacks go there. One might go because the LA Chargers trade up. No problem. One might go because Jacksonville trades all the way up. Maybe. But the idea that both the Giants and Lions are going to get out of those spots to two quarterback needy teams just doesn't seem likely to me. So unless Miami really favours one of the quarterbacks, they can actually sit at five and take whoever comes to them. Plus, even if somehow the two quarterbacks do get taken, there's no reason they can't take best player available. So Jeff Akuda, maybe, someone like that, Tristan Wirfs. And then they can go, cool, we'll get our guy at 18 or 26. No worries. Love um, will probably still be there. So Jalen Hurts will certainly be there. You know, we can, we can get that guy later. So I think Miami stays at number five. I've got them at the moment picking Tua. I think he falls to them at five. And they take him. I think 
he would revolutionise that franchise completely, give them someone to believe in. I think his injuries have been overstated. I think they are significant, but they've been overstated. And they can draft linemen later in the round to build up the line around him so that he doesn't get hit too much. So could they trade down for number five? I think that's more likely in a lot of ways, but I don't see it as actually happening. I think it's more likely than trading up, but I don't think it's actually happening. The reason is that they have such a haul of picks. They just don't need to. They don't need to trade down. They've got picks everywhere, unless they really got to a point where they just looked at the board and went, we don't want anyone, which obviously isn't going to happen at pick five. <laughs> no one's going to sit at pick five and go, we don't want any of these guys. Um, that They're just going to stay where they are and pick the best player available. Um I mean, if someone blows them away, fair enough, maybe, but I just don't see it. I think they'll pick a five. I think they'll pick their quarterback because I think one of them will be there and move on with that. Now we come to pick 18. Now, pick 18 is where it gets more interesting because they have the ability there to trade up and down. And in my scenario, I've got them trading up. But I think either one would make a lot of sense. So if they trade down, they get more picks. Um, so I wants to come up. Maybe the Patriots want to come up a little bit. Potentially with no second rounder, they want to make sure they absolutely hit on that first round. That could happen. There's a high-end player who's maybe slipped a little bit. It could be a quarterback. You know, Herbert might slip down here. But then I think Miami would be more likely to take him anyway if they haven't already taken Tua. But I do think they might trade up. Because I think when you sit at 18, you've got one problem. And your problem is that a lot of the really high-end elite players at certain positions are gone. So I think corners gone by then. I think linemen are gone by then. And I think wide receivers are gone by then. And that actually all three are places that Miami need players. Now, they could stay where they are and probably take McKinney, the safety. Um, and that would be a nice pick, good player, plug straight in, make your team better. But if you want one of those really elite talents, you're going to have to move up a little bit. So I've got a couple of trade partners for them. If they want to make a small jump up to 13, they can go with San Francisco. San Francisco has barely any picks coming into this draft. Um, they have seven picks, which is slightly below average, but not too bad. But the main thing is they have two firsts and they have none until the fifth round. And so they're going to be desperate to move back, get a decent player and add second and third round picks. So I think you could trade up from 18 to 13, at which point there will definitely be a tackle corner or wide receiver left for you there. And you can pick the guy you want. And that'd be great for the Dolphins. And I don't think it costs them very much. You might have to give them maybe your second one of your second rounders this year, your late one. Or pick, was it pick? Pick 56, maybe. Give them something like that to move up. If you really love a player, you can go up and get someone like that. The other option, which would be more rich and mean you move up further, but you would get back in the top 10, is maybe the Cardinals. Um, I think the Cardinals, again, are a team that do have a few picks, but they have a lot of holes. And I think they've got their quarterback, so they've got a lot of holes that they could fill. So therefore, they can move back and go, well, we'll get some more picks to fill those holes. But also, there's no particular position we must have at our slot. So we don't mind moving back, even though it's 10 spots. And it would put the Dolphins in prime position to get an elite talent to go with their quarterback. So you take, say, two or at five, and then you trade up and you get Jerry Judy, um, Ruggs, or even you get um, one of the tackles. 
you can still get one of the premier tackles like Beckton's probably still going to be around at that point from Louisville. And so that's my sort of prediction that they're going to jump back into the first round. It would cost them a little bit. But again, I think you'd if you gave them your first, one of your seconds and one of your thirds, maybe even throw in a fourth next year or something, I think that would get the job done and it wouldn't actually affect their picks that much. They'd still have another second, they'd still have another third, they'd have all their later picks. So I think actually Miami gets two top 10 talents and haven't actually sacrificed that much. And it worked well for the Cardinals because they've only got six picks, they've got none in the second, all of a sudden now you've got nine picks, um, or eight picks and one more next year, you've got a second rounder, you've got another third rounder, I think it works really well for the Cardinals. So I can see movement there, I'm going to be waiting on draft night to see if the Dolphins do something like that. If they stay put at 18, like I said, someone like Xavier McKinney's a good boost to that secondary, which they've already improved this offseason, and he might well be there. And you, you never know, someone might slide to you. One of those receivers might slide to you. But someone like Xavier McKinney's probably going to be there. Kenneth Murray to go in your linebacking core. Solid, reliable, high-ceiling players will probably still be around, just not that elite-level talent. So what about at 26? So at 26, I think, depending on what's happened so far, I think Miami has no real need to trade around. I think... You've missed out on the elite players at 26 now. They're gone. That's fine. You've got two of them already. You've got Tua, and let's say you've got Jerry Judy or Henry Ruggs. You're laughing anyway. But it just depends. Have you taken a wide receiver, or have you taken a tackle with those earlier picks to go with Tua? And that changes what you're doing at the moment. So in my scenario that I'm envisioning, you've taken Tua and then Jerry Judy um, with the Cardinals pick. In which case, you haven't got a lineman yet, and that's something they really need to work on. So I think that they could get either Joshua Jones. He seems to have a big um, window, Joshua Jones. Some people are looking at taking him at like 12. Some people 30, 31, 32. And so he seems to have quite a wide range. He might slide, but even if he doesn't, you could take Cesar Ruiz, who's supposed to be down there, or Cleveland. All of them would help your offensive line and how protect Tua for the next five six years minimum hopefully next decade so that's why another reason why I took a wide receiver really high I think the tackle the difference between the tackles early in this draft and at the bottom of the first round is less than the difference between the wide receivers at the top and at the bottom and that's why I decided to take it that way around and go quarterback wide receiver tackle or quarterback wide receiver center in Ruiz's case I think if Miami come out with that having taken their first three picks in the first round and given up a second or third fourth maybe or second and third to move up which leaves them with loads of picks and then come out with Tua, Jerry Judy and someone like Joshua Jones I think they'll have had an amazing first round and that's kind of what I'm looking at for them so some of the other teams we wanted to mention in this was the Jags, uh, Las Vegas. I'm still getting used to saying Las Vegas. Um, and obviously people like Detroit. So Detroit are in the third pick at the moment. But they're, by all accounts, desperately trying to shop it. Which makes complete sense. And they've got lots of holes in the team. They can move down to eight, actually get quite a bounty for that, and still get 
you know, Jeff Okuda might even still be there, the guy that a lot of people are predicting they'll take anyway. But certainly um, what, the top receivers will still be there. Some of the linemen will be there, um, defensive linemen. So there'll actually be quite a few options for them to take there. I mean, looking at a lot of the recent mock drafts, if you look at that kind of pick, Derek Brown's meant to be around, Isaiah Simmons might be around, Jedrick Wills might be around, CJ Henderson will probably be around. There's there's loads of options there for Detroit, which works out nicely for them. The problem with that is who's going to trade with you? And the only real reason you trade up, assuming Chase Young's gone, otherwise you might well trade up for Chase Young, is if they, if they want a quarterback. There's only two teams I can see doing it, which is Las Vegas and Miami. And again, as I said earlier, I just don't know whether they're both going to take quarterback, but also whether they're both so sold on one over the other at this particular moment that they'd trade up instead of just staying where they are and going, do you know what? If they both fall to us, we'll take the one we want. If one of them falls to us, we're probably happy to take them. Worst case, if we're not, fine. We'll, we'll take a defensive player or an offensive player that's going to help our team straight away especially in Miami's case like I say with all those other picks if you fall to 18 you can get Jordan Love I, I have no doubt of that you probably get Jordan Love at 26 so you know Miami are in no particular rush so I think Detroit are actually going to end up staying in the third pick taking for my money Jeff Okuda but we'll see of course but that secondary needs huge help so it makes sense to take him. Maybe if they prefer CJ Henderson, they might sneak him in instead. But I think a corner's got to go there. So that's still, even though they haven't moved, that's still a central part of the draft because that then keeps the order intact, which is even more going to encourage less trades until we get at least to pick 8, 9, 10. So that front six might be really predictable if Detroit stay where they are. So one of the other teams I was talking about was the Jaguars because they have pick 9 and 20. So pick 9s, you know, in the top 10, it's a premium pick. A lot of people have them going corner. So CJ Henderson, especially if um, Akuda's gone, which most drafts have got by then. Some people taking defensive players, Kinlaw, Brown, Simmons. Lots of names being floated around. And it shows to me that I don't think people are that sure where Jacksonville are going in the sense that they have quite a few holes to fill. They could go quarterback, give Gardner Minshew some competition, but also they could trade up and down. And so they're really, especially that second first round pick, if they want to trade up, they've got another first rounder. So they're a really interesting team, I think, Jacksonville, to see what they'll do. My own hunch is they'll take players where they are, maybe trade up a space or two, or down a space or two, Um but take players pretty much where they are because with pit number nine, they're in a real sweet spot where the best defensive tackles are probably still available. Um, you're going to get Derek Brown or Kinlaw. Linebackers, you're going to get Simmons um, or maybe Kenneth Murray. If you're going for wide receiver, they're probably still available, but certainly two of Judy, Lamb and Ruggs will be available. So you've got a really nice fit there where you can get anything. And so it'd be a tempting pick to stay at. But like I said, if you slip down to maybe 11, most of these people are still available. You might get a third and a fourth pick from the Jets or something for that if they want one of their tackles. Um, so yeah, I think the Jags are a really interesting one. But kind of like the Lions, I don't really see too much movement coming from them because they're in nice positions to take the position needs they have. And therefore, they're quite likely to stay where they are. 
Um, they haven't got a massive arsenal of picks also after those two first rounders. So they haven't got that much ammunition to necessarily move up unless they're going to mortgage their future, which obviously you're not going to unless you're going for a quarterback. Las Vegas are possibly a slightly more interesting one because they sit at 12 and 19. So pretty similar to Jacksonville, slightly behind on the first pick, slightly ahead on the second pick. So a lot of what I've just said about Jacksonville applies to them. There will be a top-level wide receiver, corner, tackle, defensive tackle, pass rusher when they are picking, which again, considering Mike Mayock's knowledge of the prospects after only being a year removed from effectively studying all these people for a living, I think means they will stay pat and take a pit there. My reasoning for them being a bit more interesting is with their second pick, I can see them taking Jordan Love. And it's someone they haven't been linked with, really. Um, They haven't really been linked too much with the quarterback. There's been some gossip, some rumour, but nobody's really come out and said they're going to take a quarterback. And that's not what I'm doing either. I'm not saying that is what's going to happen. But I just think... These rumours coming out that Derek Carr is not Gruden's guy isn't just sitting there for no reason... I'm not saying they don't like each other. I'm not saying he doesn't think he's a good player. I'm just saying he's not obviously his guy. Although he's either being being quashed and stopped coming out a long time ago. So that makes me feel like there is the outside chance. It's just a bit of a flyer that if Love is there at 19, or even more so if Herbert or Tua start sliding, start getting to pick 12, I could see the Raiders going, do you know what? Let's take our quarterback and then we can trade up with pick 19 to get the wide receiver anyway. And what a combo that would be. Imagine if you're a Raiders fan to head into Las Vegas. Number 12, you take two or a Herbert, whoever falls to you. And with 19, you trade up to maybe, well, I mean, maybe even 13, take the next pick. San Francisco are going to want to come down with how few picks they have. But maybe somebody else and you get either Lamb, Judy or Ruggs to go with that quarterback I think that would be really interesting and something to watch on draft night so that's kind of my roundup of teams that control the draft it's mainly the Dolphins say with all the picks they have but the Detroit Lions can be interesting what do they do with this third pick does that upset the order because as soon as they trade or go for someone unexpected it upsets what everyone's going for because pretty much everyone's got them Jeff Okuda staying in the third spot so that'll be really interesting What do the Jags and Raiders do with their two picks in the first round in their late 10s to teens? I mean, the the San Francisco 49ers have also got um, a couple of first round picks and they could be busy trading, but it's mostly trading down because they'll need more picks. The interesting San Francisco pick is number 31, where the odds of a callback taken there are pretty high because as I said the 49ers need more picks they're going to want to trade down there isn't a huge difference between for San Francisco between picking at 31 and say picking at two in the second round if the Colts come up um, or uh, around six to eight for the LA Chargers if they come up from the second round but there is a massive difference to the teams coming up because they get that five-year deal for the quarterback they take now obviously Herbert and two or even if they slide I don't think are going to be down here but could Jordan? Um, could they jump up to take Jordan Love before anyone else does? Quite possibly. So that'll be really interesting on draft night as well. 
so that's the end of the podcast for today um let me know what you think as always i always say go to our media channels let us know what you think twitter facebook instagram um let us know what you think let's tell us what teams you think control draft tell us what you think of the picks we're making or the you know where we think teams might go show us your mock drafts who who have you got going where it's always really interesting to see other people's point of views because everyone has a different point of view no one's ever lines up exactly the same so it's really nice to see those kind of um those kind of ideas and give you that fresh perspective so please do that please uh like and subscribe and share our channel so it can start to grow a little bit um working really hard on it at the moment obviously it's quite new at this point but it's it's really nice to be getting it out there and hopefully having people listen to it and enjoy it so i hope you have a great rest of your day we'll be doing a couple more podcasts before the draft and then we'll see you after the big day when it's done so we can do all the analysis but have a great day and we'll see you all soon